Gentlemen, Henry David Thoreau once famously said, most men lead lives of quiet desperation. And if you think about it, that's really tragic. I mean, you have one life to live, and most of us are content with mediocrity. Now, you may be thinking, hey, you know what? Life isn't so bad. I got a decent job. I'm doing okay. But is just okay really good enough, gentlemen? There's a big world out there to experience, yet most guys don't even know what it feels like to be alive anymore. We're experiencing on a daily basis what I call the suburban sleepwalk. And you know what? It's time to get unsettled. And by unsettled, I mean shaking everything up in the purest sense, but also not settling for just a normal average life. What I've done is I've put together the Unsettled Mastermind Group for Men, and I want you to be a part of it. I want you to join a cadre of men who are going to be fully in support of each other's quest to take a bite out of life and live it fully. No looking back, no regrets. And gentlemen, that's what makes you not only the kind of man who accomplishes the goals that you dream about in life, it makes you attractive to the kind of women you really want. So go to www.mountaintoppodcast.com front slash unsettled and take a look. You're going to be thrilled by what you see. There's some profiles in Unsettled up there that are a lot of fun, some videos to watch. And I want to invite you to be part of this real group of real men who want to live a real life for a change. It's all there for you at mountaintoppodcast.com front slash unsettled. See you there. Live from the mist-enshrouded mountaintop fortress that is X and Y Communications Headquarters, you're listening to the world-famous Mountaintop Podcast. And now, here's your host, Scott McKay. Greetings, gentlemen. Welcome again to another episode of the world-famous Mountaintop Podcast. My name is Scott McKay, at Scott McKay on Twitter, Real Scott McKay on Instagram, Scott McKay on YouTube. The website address is www.mountaintoppodcast.com. And as always, I invite you to join the happy group of focused, high-character men at the Mountaintop Summit on Facebook. With me today is a new friend of mine, and we're about to cover a topic that is certainly long overdue to discuss on this show, and an important one. And honestly, I really don't have any excuse why we've never covered it other than it's really a hot potato. But you know, you guys tend to like those shows. You guys are going to have opinions about my guest and what he's about, and probably about how I respond to him and my opinions as well. So it should be fun. The topic is porn and making peace with it which is the title of my guest Facebook group. Indeed, it's Making Peace with Porn. His name is Matt Sinkovitz, and I welcome him. Hi, Matt. Hi, Scott. Pleasure to be here. Yeah, man. Likewise. Listen, man, at the very top of the show, I've got to tip my hat to you for even taking on this topic as part of your very identity because, man, you have to have a squeaky clean reputation to even align yourself with such a topic if you're not going to be in it from the dark side. You know what I mean? Yes, sir. Thank you, man. Yeah, it's been it's been challenging stepping into this realm and being public about it, but I think it's um I think it's just well worth it. Now you style yourself as a porn addiction coach. I'd say probably the best place to start for a show like this is to level set with these guys what porn addiction really is. Because I think we've all heard the horror stories about some guy's wife catching him jacking off to the computer and right. hustling him off to, you know, either a minister or some kind of 
organization to get the addiction out of his mind. You know, it's kind of like if I'm caught drinking a beer by someone who's kind of a teetotaler, oh my gosh, you must be an alcoholic. What's the difference between I like to look at naked girls and I kind of, you know, can't resist the urge sometime and a flat out addiction? Mm -hmm. Well, I think, I think I do use the terminology porn addiction coach. Um, and I think maybe even a more accurate description would be like a compulsive relationship with porn. Um, typically, we would characterize you know an addiction as something that someone maybe would have like a physical withdrawal symptom if they don't get it. Like typically, we find these associations with drugs and stuff like that. Maybe if you can't get your heroin, you have this physical withdrawal experience. I find that a little bit more accurate maybe compulsive relationship with porn. And that's, to me, very much uh, similar to something someone might experience with food, um, obviously sex, um, just kind of these these relationships that we have with certain things that, for whatever reason, we cannot get over the compulsion to, to go to or to act in that way. So in other words, the porn's in control of us instead of vice versa. I am finding myself, for example, looking at naked women on the internet at the expense of job performance or job performance or relationship with wife or whatever it might be. Right. Okay. So when you look at Alexa rankings, which of course rank the top websites in the world by traffic, there's a shocking number of the big porn sites in the top 100. And of course, porn sites aren't exactly Google or eBay or a huge website like that. There are thousands and thousands of porn sites cumulatively all over the world. And if you look at the estimation for the percentage of overall internet traffic, at least from a consumer perspective, not necessarily the B2B stuff, although I'm sure that happens too, right? Right. But if you look at the overall percentage of porn traffic, it's staggering. So that can only mean a lot of people are looking at a lot of internet porn. And of course, we have broadbands and with the advent of all sorts of different technologies and software programs, you can basically get nonstop amazing sex in full HD for free on demand 24-7 anytime you want. I mean, it's a brave new world or a wimpy new world, depending on how you want to look at it. And a lot of people are watching this stuff. A lot of people are involved in producing this stuff. What do you tell these guys in terms of reconciling perhaps their shame and guilt over watching it, which a lot of guys really do, especially if they're coming from a faith-based perspective, with the simple fact that, hey, you know what? Everybody seems to be doing this, albeit in private. Right. Well, I mean, I think if there's shame and guilt involved, that would be an indication that maybe it's not something for you. You know, I don't take a position that porn is right or wrong. Some people seem to have a healthy relationship with it. Some couples even incorporate it into their into their relationships, you know? So I don't think that it's necessarily right or wrong. I think it really depends on your own personal experience with it. For me, for instance, whenever I went to porn, I did experience these feelings of guilt, shame, remorse, ultimately leading to depression quite often. So for me, I knew it was something that was not in line with me spiritually or in alignment with my character. So I would say, you know, if someone is experiencing guilt, shame, remorse, whatever related to the use, then maybe it's an opportunity to take a look at whether or not it's really in alignment with your highest self or what you want for yourself. Yeah, I think on paper, that sounds really easy and straightforward. But in reality... If you talk to men who subscribe to a faith, for example, that limits sex to marriage relationships and talks about sexual attraction in terms of lust, 
most of those guys, if they're honest, would tell you, hey, you know what? I have no problem robbing banks. I have no problem murdering people. Uh, my God is my God. I don't worship idols. But man, that one commandment about not having sex, that's the one that's the sticking point for me. Because man, you know what? God himself created me with this plumbing hardware. I'm horny. <laughs> and I, I don't know what to do about it. And I really have this physical urge and I'm not married yet. And it mm-hmm. is so incredibly tempting and easy to satisfy those physical urges that God himself appears to have given me. And this is my struggle point. And that's what guys report to me. It's like, yeah, I know it's better for me and my faith to stop looking at these naked chicks and watching them having sex. But man, I'm red blooded male, heterosexual and horny. And it's just an uncontrollable urge. Does that mm-hmm. make me an addict or does it make me human or is there somewhere in between? So I guess what I'm saying is, you know, it's easy for a guy to say, yeah, hey, I shouldn't be doing this. This is a problem for me in terms of my faith and what I believe. And I feel like a total hypocrite when I view porn and masturbate watching it. But h- how do I reconcile how I'm designed with this shame and guilt. It's just not as easy as, hey, stop that. Hey, here's naked pictures of girls. Here are videos in HD. Just don't do that. Right. So, I mean, I don't know. I think there's a lot we could go into with that. I mean, I would Let's say throw that, it all on the table, man. Sure, sure. <laughs> I mean, just because we are designed for sex, which I agree. I mean, that's how we, that's obviously how we all got here. It doesn't mean that porn isn't potentially toxic for our lives. You know, so, so what I would say to the, to the guys that do feel this, insatiable um pull to go to pornography you know it's like it's almost like we as humans are so smart it's like we've hacked the the sex process it was we don't have to go the old-fashioned route and and find a partner and kind of connect naturally we can just with the click of a button we can have that stuff instantly in our hands and i just think it it's not healthy for a lot of guys so for the guy that says i I can't go to it i mean it's it's to me it's really no different than the guy that says i I can't not go to the alcohol or I can't not go to the food. It's really a choice. And it's really taking a look at whether this choice is is healthy for you or not. So for me, I say to the guy that can't control his urges, you know, porn's not necessarily the answer. Maybe it is just learning to go back to like plain old masturbation, you know, using your imagination. Or maybe it's really refocusing that energy into finding a partner that you feel great about connecting with sexually. So I just don't think porn's a great option. I think it can be a potentially toxic option. Well, there's several things to discuss there. First of all, a lot of guys simply can't find a girlfriend. They haven't figured out how to be attractive yet. They haven't gone through the motions of being the kind of man who does what I call deserving what he wants so he can get the kind of woman he wants. And a lot of guys Mm -hmm. also look at porn and find an endless parade of women who are absolutely their dream women sexually, who turn them on to no end. Yet in the real world, women of that visual caliber, let's just call it as it is, don't Mm -hmm. seem to be available to them. Lots of guys are married to women who don't take care of themselves and let themselves go after marriage, and they still have these sexual urges for someone attractive, and yet there's really no way to talk to their wife about, hey, you know what, I'm not really feeling sexually attracted to you anymore. Therefore, the guilt gets piled on even higher. So for a lot of these guys, the relationship with porn is even more fraught, don't you think? Yes, it can be. I mean, to the guy that says, I got to go to porn because I'm not 
I'm not attractive enough or I can't attract the partner that I want, then I mean, my answer, my answer to myself would be, well, then I need to be the man that is deserving of or attractive to the kind of female that I want. And porn definitely does not make us feel more attractive. At least that's been in my experience in the gentleman I work with. It's when we go to porn, it makes us feel less attractive, less desirable, more awkward around women, more awkward around sex. So I don't think porn is a great alternate to that. Well, hold on a second before you continue. But I'm not saying that porn is somehow this magic elixir to make a guy more attractive. I'm saying when a guy isn't attractive to women, mm-hmm. and of course, these guys know that's why I'm here, man. That's why I live and breathe oxygen is to help guys get the women they want in their lives. So if you guys are right. listening to this and can resonate with this particular segment of this conversation, call me. We'll get it all taken care of and you'll get the most amazing woman ever in your life. But I will acknowledge fully when guys feel like they have to go to porn to find women who they are naturally really honestly attracted to and satisfy themselves sexually. I think they're fully aware that's a cheap substitute for the real thing. Right. I don't think that point's even in question. But what I would add on to that point is I think that increases the shame and the guilt and perhaps even the despair. Like, hey, you know what? This is my lot in life. If I'm going to have attractive chicks, it's going to be via the Internet not via real life. So I agree a hundred percent with you in premise, but I'm just not sure that men can say, well, you know, I'm just going to have a pretty girlfriend by tomorrow morning. So I don't have to jack off to porn anymore. I mean, you know, my balls are going to load up with cum again by tomorrow morning and I'm going to need to do something about it. You know, so do it without the porn is my answer to that. Okay. Well then a guy might say back to you, what's the difference between my imagination and a video? It's still sinful. Uh, well, I don't put it in the category of sin. So that would be something that someone would have to work out for themselves. I wouldn't call it sinful. I just try and create clarity as to whether or not it works for us or it feels good to us in terms of our conduct. But fair enough. Um, I don't know. I take my men through a process about a six step process that really helps them work through this. You know, what needs am I trying to meet? How do, what are the actual skill sets that I can learn to shift my behavior? How do I learn to create the energy in my life to make the decisions that are in alignment and helpful to me? How, to cre- how do I create a compelling vision for my life that inspires me and helps, helps motivate me beyond this behavior that I'm working with? It's about getting into community and having accountability and creating a powerful commitment. And I also find that for me, a big part of my journey was moving into leadership. I found that as I moved into leadership, I was I was compelled and held to a higher degree of accountability in terms of acting in alignment with myself. So to the men that are maybe saying, okay, well, I'm going to give up the porn, but now what? I think it's, it's again, I think it's maybe looking at healthier means of masturbation, if that's what you have to do, maybe learning to redirect that sexual energy into a place of creativity and something that is satisfying to you. And third, and I think the ultimate is to really learn to become the man that attracts the ideal woman that you want into your life. Like that woman does exist. And there are definitely real life women that are attractive to you. So it's about getting that woman into your life. I mean, that's really, that's the best advice I could give. Well, two questions I have in response to what you just said. First of all, if I have one great woman in my life, is that going to alleviate the need for some strange for the rest of my life? Or am I still going to want to masturbate? Am I still going to want to watch some porn? Because, you know, my wife's a skinny brunette and maybe I want a curvy blonde today. I don't think that's going to alleviate the desire for the rest of your life, no. Okay, so does getting the right woman in my life really do much to combat the porn problem as it were? Um, I think it definitely helps, but I mean, I mean, ultimately, I mean, 
we're all men here, or a lot of us are men here, and a lot of us have been in healthy relationships, probably ones that we found our partner very attractive. But it seems to be our nature to want to go out and spread our seeds, so to speak. So I don't know if that ever goes away, but I think it's really just learning to to mold our character to act in uh, act in nobility and act into integrity and not always act based upon what the flesh pulls us to do. I mean, a big part of our program is mindfulness. And so we teach meditation and we teach cultivating the skills of learning to sit with that impulse, sit with that thought as it arises, learn to watch it and learn to watch as it dissipates. It's much like uh, smoking cigarettes, for instance. I used to smoke cigarettes. And for me, you know, I was I was smoking very much unconsciously, but as I as I grew in my practice and in my own degree of mindfulness, like I could eventually learn to watch as that impulse arose in the body, learn to watch as that impulse arose in the mind, knowing that that wasn't a behavior I want I didn't I wanted to engage in, and ultimately just watching how as that impulse dissipated. So I think there's another component there to it is learning to like be okay with that impulse to go to the porn or for the sex and learning to direct it into a more healthy place. So it really is a matter of us showing some character and really then it becomes a mind over matter thing. It does. And it has to be backed by a powerful commitment, man. I think I think the one of the biggest things in my journey that that made the biggest difference is like I tried to get away from porn all my life because I knew it wasn't healthy for me. I experienced all the shame, regret, guilt, blah, blah, blah. And it wasn't for me until I said, I'm done with it. And I made a powerful commitment, a powerful decision. Like all my life, I tried to quit and I kept going back. I would either talk myself back into it or I would forget the way it made me feel or I would forget the way it made me show up so awkwardly. And I would go back to it time and again, or I would just, I would just give into the impulse because I'd be laying in bed at one o'clock in the morning, tired with my phone sitting beside me and you know how the rest goes. So, you know, it, it wasn't for me until I said, I'm done with it. And I went out and hired a coach and put a bunch of money down and got into a group coaching program. I got into accountability and I learned the skill sets and, and the mindset that I needed to really shift the behavior and the habit. So for me, it came down to a powerful decision. And this is an extreme example, but if it came down to you looking at porn or your children being sick or dying, if you knew that if you looked at porn, this would happen, like you would never look at porn again because you would have such a powerful motivator. So I think that, I think a big key is making a clear, concise, powerful decision that really holds you to a high degree of accountability. I think that's a big component to it as well. Well, what I'm reminded of as you gave that example is how as teenagers, we may be making out with our girlfriend at her house on the couch because her parents aren't home. But as soon as those headlights show up in the driveway, man, you pull up your trousers and you're done and you have self-control immediately. Right. Yeah, I mean, it depends on how strong your motivation factor is, right? Absolutely. Yeah. So yeah, so it really does come down to a decision. And I feel like the decision has to be as clear. I, I think this is a great example. As a non-smoker, say no to a cigarette. Like if you offered a cigarette to a non-smoker, they're just going to be just no. It's They don't even consider it. It's just a very easy no, and and we can we can get to that place in, in life. I mean, of course, we're still going to have the sexual impulses and the urges and stuff like that, but the decision to actually go to the toxicity of porn for a lot of people, that can just be a simple no. And after we train our mind and, and train our, our behavior long enough, it just becomes an, an easier no. But it needs to be a clear, concise decision, and that example for me came from like the personal development world where I used to hear this this thing when I was in sales a lot. It was like, if you had to go out today and make, or this week and make $5,000 to get your children this medication or else they would die, would you do it? 
And everyone was like, well, of course I would. It's because your motivation is that strong. So you need to really tap into like a really powerful why, I think. Yeah, absolutely. I agree a thousand percent with that. And going along with it, you mentioned how once you've mastered that impulse, things really do get easier over time. And I think that relates to, for example, not just quitting smoking, but weight loss. You know, the first few days after you've decided I'm not going to eat carbs anymore because I want to lose weight, man, all the pizza and candy bars and donuts look amazing. But after you've not eaten those things for a couple of weeks, it starts getting easier and easier to say no because your body gets used to not eating those things. And above and beyond that, you're seeing the positive results from it. Absolutely. It becomes who you are. And right. if you're just willing to give yourself that window and you're willing to give yourself seven days, 10 days, 30 days, which is, you know, some timeframes that we hold the men in our programs accountable to. If you can see that and you're, and you realize that, man, it's so nice to, to be with my children or my wife and not have this guilt shame anymore. It's nice to be in social situations or being in, be in sexual situations and be like, man, I feel great. My energy's back. I feel, I feel good about myself. I feel good about the man looking back at me in the mirror. Then that's a powerful motivator as well, Scott. Now you mentioned community yeah. and I have to admit to you, that I am a bit skeptical about guys being willing to pull back the veil and say, hey, you know what? I look at porn because there's so much shame involved. So how do guys find a community of guys who are all willing to be vulnerable with each other in the best way possible about this particular subject? Yeah, that's a great question. I mean, that's the reason why I'm doing this work. That's the reason I've shared my journey publicly. That's the reason I'm having this conversation with you today, Scott. And it is it is a very taboo subject, and it is something that's difficult for a lot of men to be honest about and be be public about. However, a big thrust for my work is making peace with porn, which is the name of the group. So it's like, how do we how do we bring this stuff out of the darkness, out of the closet, and and put some light on it, and let's just put the conversation on the table and let's talk about it, and let's allow all this shame and guilt to kind of fall away more naturally. So we we create this conversation inside of a private group. I'm very protective of the group. If I think anyone in there isn't really engaged or maybe they have some ulterior motives, they're gone immediately. So we create a, a private space where there's community and brotherhood. And it's just like there is uh, Sex and Love Addicts Anonymous, which is just like you know any um, AA group. So And people get together and they get into community and there's a, a group of people willing to be open and honest. And that vulnerability encourages others to do the same. So we create a safe space to do so and really just begin to just bring this this darkness into the light. Well, that brings about the question, should a man, would a man need to self-identify as a quote-unquote addict in order to feel comfortable in your group? No. There are a lot of men who come into the group who maybe had a previous experience with porn, but now it's behind them. So every, everyone is welcome that's a man of honor and integrity that's willing to, I think, respect the other group members and also really hold the discretion of the other group members in high regard. So those are those are two of the big factors. But anyone's welcome that wants to come in and either contribute to the conversation or take from the conversation. Another thing you mentioned a couple minutes ago, Matt, was this idea of seeing results. After one has made the decision to quit watching porn, you know, it gets easier after you've been off porn for a while. How can a man reasonably expect his life to change for the better? What feelings can we have that are more positive? Uh, how can we respond even physically after we stop watching porn? What are some of the results? Obviously, results may vary by individual, but what are some of the patterns you've seen? 
Sure. And I'll speak from my own experience, which is obviously going to be the most relevant, and also some of the experience of some of the group members that I've had the honor of working with. So I think the biggest thing, Scott, is we can stop hiding and we can allow some of this shame to clear away. We can begin to feel good about ourselves again. We can begin to trust ourselves again. Our self-confidence increases. We begin to feel more comfortable and confident in social situations. We begin to feel more comfortable and confident in sexual situations. We begin to feel more comfortable and confident when we are engaging with women in general. I find that it allows for greater energy to emerge in our lives. I find that there's a lot of correlation between pornography use, a sense of hopelessness with our lives, a sense of depression. And for me, pornography was the one thing that continued to sabotage, I feel, the majority of the key areas of my life. I would say I would say it affected like every key area of my life. So whenever I remove the porn, it's like that energy could reemerge and it's like my hope for life could reemerge. Like I again had the hope that I could have a, a wonderful partner in my life that I was happy and inspired and sexually turned on by, and it affected everything. So uh, we can begin to dream again and, and begin to have faith in ourselves again. What would you say in response to people who might offer that there are benefits to porn? I mean, it can enhance a relationship if couples watch it together, or it can help me figure out what type of woman I like by seeing different women naked, and now I know what they look like naked compared to clothed, and I have more I'm more informed in that regard. Uh, it could teach me some good sexual moves, et cetera, et cetera. People come with all sorts of reasons why watching porn isn't so bad. Yeah, so I say, I say, good for you. I say, give it a shot and you know, move forward as you will. I'm just here to support those men who maybe recognize for themselves that porn isn't healthy for them, isn't in alignment for them. I, I liken it to alcohol, right? Some people can have a drink. Some people can have a couple drinks. Some people could binge you know, throughout the month or, or the week. However, some people have one drink and it's like pedal to the metal and self-destruct, you know, the cars over the cliff. So sure. I, I'm really here to support the people that feel that they do not have a healthy relationship with porn. It's not something that they, that is an alignment for them and not, not an integrity for them. And it's something that they want to remove from their lives, but have been unable on their own. So if it works for you, that's great. And I think that's what really makes me feel good about my message. I'm not condemning it. If it's good for you, wonderful. I'm just here to support those who it's unhealthy for. Now, to clarify, you don't sound like a no-fap movement guy to me. So this oh. isn't about you know keeping your balls intact and not spurting your sexual energy all over the place so you lose your masculine power. Right. This is specifically about getting control over your life relative to porn for you, right? Correct. I mean, I do explore and experiment with and study you know this semen retention world and you know, sex transmutation world. I think there may be some validity to that, to not always, you know, spraying your seat all over the place and depleting your energy. I know personally, after I have sex, you know, I feel depleted. I want to go to sleep and there's like a recharge period. So I can see the correlation there. Um, but I think that's really based upon your own personal experience and preference and what works for you. So I'm definitely not just like some no fap advocate. You have to figure that out for yourself. Yeah. <laughs> sure. You know, and I kind of ride the fence on that one also. On one hand, I think it's completely unreasonable to expect your balls to never explode right. until you have a nocturnal emission. But I also am very much an advocate of not cleaning the pipes before you go out on a date. Right. You know, because first of all, you never know when you're going to need to spring forth into action. And second of all, I just think you have more masculine energy when you're horny. As Agreed. long as you know how to contain it and be a man about it. Yes, sir. The other thing I want to ask you about is shame specifically tied to penis size that's caused by porn. 
it seems to me a lot of guys report that, man, look at these guys. They have like 10 inch schlongers and, you know, I'm like six inches and I never see myself in these porn actors. I mean, is what I'm looking at normal and average? Is there something wrong with me? And I think guys who maybe aren't on the very much above average scale sometimes struggle with watching porn because it really does affect their self-esteem relative not only to how their body is designed, but their sexual performance as well. What would you tell those guys? Yeah, I mean, I think that's a good question. For me, I really do my best not to play the comparison game. Like if I compared myself to the superstars I see on TV or Brad Pitt all the time, I might feel like, you know, less than. But I I really feel that we're all on our own path. We're all on our own journey. We all have something unique uh, to contribute to the world. There's There's probably a penis out there for every woman. And, you know, it's really like kind of more like it's not the what is it size of the boat but it's the motion of the ocean i don't know if that's the thing but i don't know man i would say stop comparing yourself to other people i believe that we all are perfectly made in our own way and i believe that there's someone out there for everyone and you're perfectly capable of you know satisfying your partner one way or the other with with everything you've got right now i would say don't compare well i would simply add to that conversation yes most porn actors are significantly larger than average. Right. So you don't have to compare yourself. They're to actors. That. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Right. Exactly. Um, finally, what's your take on all porn actresses are being exploited? So by watching porn, you're partaking in human trafficking, you know, kind of the feminist argument towards it. Right. And also maybe to stack onto that in the interest of time, the idea that porn sex isn't realistic. Like this just isn't even real sex. So you're completely poisoning your pond with regard to sex expectations, as it were, by watching it. What's your take on those two thoughts? Okay. So the first one, are we engaging in something immoral or whatever because of the the actresses that are depicted in the films? Maybe. I think, I mean, it, it does seem to be that there there are statistics and a, a lot of firsthand personal accounts, actually, of women that have been exploited, uh, a lot of sex trafficking involved in pornography. But then there's also the other side of the coin, which I think it's important to be really objective in this conversation. There are definitely a lot of women you could find on YouTube, these women that have like a positive experience within the porn industry and they've made a lot of money and they've raised their families and they're proud of who they are and they're sex goddesses. So I think it's really important to be objective and not just point the finger and blame and call everything a blanket sin. That's a solid take, I think. And in terms of porn sex being realistic, again, I think it's important to look at both sides of the coin. Uh, You know, I spent a lot of time looking at porn as a young man and I'm, I'm sure I did learn some things that I found helpful in, in the bedroom, and it does give you a, a broadened perspective. I think, generally speaking, it's not very realistic. You can go out and find all kinds of statistics, but there's like there's like less touching, and it's very aggressive, and blah blah blah. We could go on, and obviously they're performing, and the sounds aren't that real, and the bodies aren't that real. So yeah, I mean there is there is a lot of porn that is unrealistic. However, there is definitely some some realistic stuff, and probably some tips you could pick up from porn. So I think I think both sides of the coin on that one as well, Scott. Yeah, I think that's a valid assessment of the situation as well. Obviously, there are amateurs on Pornhub who are having real sex in front of a camera, and there's what's commonly known as female-friendly porn that has a lot more eye contact and touching and caressing and kissing. Uh, and, you know, that turns on a lot of guys, too, frankly, for right. us with ourselves. Yeah. I mean, most guys aren't the callous animals in the bedroom that we're passed off as being. So I think uh, that's a good take. I want to point these guys to your website, which is on Facebook, which is called Making Peace with Porn. And it is a private, protected community of men. And to get there, 
what I'm going to do is set up a URL that's www.mountaintoppodcast.com front slash porn, P-O-R-N. We haven't done that before. So uh, <laughs> actually, I'm not sure what Google is going to do with that link. But right. hey, you know, Maybe your this is a brave new world. Right. Yeah, this is the great unknown here. So uh, <laughs> we're going to go ahead and go with that URL anyway. And when they get to that site, they're going to find a group of guys who are like-minded and interested in uh, getting control over their life relative to porn. Right, Matt? Yes, sir. Yeah, we'll look forward to having them. Everyone's welcome. That is man of integrity and honor. We'll honor that code of the group. Yes, sir. Excellent. So that's www.mountaintoppodcast.com front slash porn. Matt Sinkovitz, thank you so much for coming on and being so honest about what is really a tricky topic for so many. Honored to be here, Scott. Thanks so much for having me. Yeah, man. And guys, if you haven't gone to mountaintoppodcast.com just yet, go there, sign up for a free 25 minutes to talk to me about how to get the right women in your life. So these topics like the one we're discussing today and perhaps other things that are going on in your life and in your mind aren't nagging at you anymore. Having a great woman, a woman that you truly deserve is a wonderful boost to really your entire life. And I want to talk to you about where you are right now and where you want to be. So sign up to talk to me for 25 minutes. Let's get a plan of action in place that gets you the woman in your life you want. And I promise, gentlemen, like I did, once that woman's in your life, you'll never look back. It's all there for you at www.mountaintoppodcast.com. And until I talk to you again real soon, this is Scott McKay from X and Y Communications in San Antonio, Texas. Be good out there. Mountaintop Podcast is produced by X and Y Communications. All rights reserved worldwide. Be sure to visit www.mountaintoppodcast.com for show notes. And while you're there, sign up for the free X and Y Communications newsletter for men. This is Ed Roy Odom speaking for the Mountaintop Podcast.